our top stories tonight. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is reportedly on the trade block. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots reportedly shopping around Mac Jones. Maybe not. I wouldn't be so sure that the Patriots are actually shopping Mac Jones. Pretty nebulous term in the NFL, so I don't know if I believe that. And I don't believe that Brian Hoyer signing with the Las Vegas Raiders means a damn thing. Like some on Twitter will tell you. It does not mean that the Raiders aren't drafting a quarterback because they drafted 83-year-old Brian Hoyer. We've also got some rookie talk, wide receivers, and quarterbacks with my friend Emerson Beery in the later half of the show. All that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. And most importantly, there's also you. We have our friends in the show, B-Ball3710. Does Marquez Callaway or Brevin Jordan have much dynasty value anticipating a Judy or Sutton trade? Well, Brevin Jordan doesn't have anything, or I guess you're probably asking that as a separate question. Because Brevin Jordan's on the, te- the Texans. No, I do not believe he has much fantasy value at all. He's going to be a part-time player. He's going to be playing alongside Quinton, no, no, Tegan, Quinteriano, who's the blocking tight end, who's the Y tight end. Brevin Jordan is the flex tight end, the F tight end, which is better for fantasy purposes. But overall, no, doesn't matter. And Marquez Calloway, he's a wide receiver for, even if they trade Cortland Sutton, which I don't think they'll trade Judy. They might trade Sutton. He probably has the more, the better path to a value, but... Either way, I think the sun has set on both of them. Because as Pigeon 3-0 Gaming points out, Callaway, likely insurance on KJ Hamler if he was injured. And yes, Dalton Schultz as well as the real starter. Sorry. I don't know why I forgot Dalton Schultz with the Houston Texans. Probably because Dalton Schultz is overrated. But KJ Hamler and Marquez Callaway, yeah, they're... Both going to be irrelevant. Not, they're going to hurt each other for fantasy. No, not interested in either of those guys, really. Hello to Thomas Lee. Happy to have you on the show. Kevin, happy to have you on the show for a brief moment. Hope you enjoy your dinner out with your friends, your family, whoever you're going out with. I think they run with Zappy, Draft, or Trade. Still sneaking in a question. That is quite all right, and we'll get to it with Mac Jones. And the answer is, I think they're sticking with Mac Jones. I really do. I don't think they're actually shopping him. Shopping is a very broad term across the NFL. What does shopping mean? Does it mean they're calling teams and saying, hey, we're we're, we're giving up Mac Jones? Or does it mean that the Raiders, who we know have called about Mac Jones, asked about Mac Jones? What does shopping mean? Does it mean there's conversations being had? Does it mean that? I don't know. Help me out here. What does shopping mean in NFL terms? Because we're trying to build this player profiler dictionary. Week to week means month to month. Month to month means out for the season. Day to day means week to week. But what does shopping mean? Are they out aggressively trying to get rid of Mac Jones? No. Or at least that's not the case according to teams around the NFL. So we hear from Mike Florio that the Patriots are shopping Mac Jones. I think what's really happening is like every year, there are conversations had. Hey, uh, what, what what's the price for this guy? 
Eh, you're not going to meet it, but here it is. Yeah, you're right. We're not going to meet it. Mac Jones is going to stay a Patriot. He's not going anywhere. He, he's not. He's really not going anywhere. And this all stems from Bill Belichick being upset with Mac Jones, being disappointed with how Mac Jones handled himself last year with Matt Patricia, with Joe Judge. Mac Jones compared to Joe Burrow. Pat's going to keep him on player profiler. Mac Jones is comped to Joe Burrow. A good reason. Good point. GDLT. But it's true. Mac Jones is a quality young quarterback. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Mac Jones was the same player with and without Matt Patricia. When you looked at the things that he could control, he was just as good as his rookie season. And I think he's going to continue to get better, even though that rookie season was quality. He was the same in clean pocket completion percentage. Mac Jones was the same in play action completion percentage. The problem is he was under pressure more and using play action less because Matt Patricia didn't have a playbook. This this story, I love this story. Matt Patricia came into training camp and gave the players a playbook that was half the size of what they were used to with Josh McDaniels. So that was red flag number one. And then they start to learn, okay, well, you want to combine the Kyle Shanahan offense with the Josh McDaniels playbook. Well, that sounds interesting. And you're going to do it with half the plays and half of the explanation. Then it comes to training camp and they're trying to install all this stuff and it's just not working. It's not communicated. Well, the players don't know what they're doing. And so they pivot. They go back to an old school man blocking scheme, lots of power, lots of counters, lots of pulling guards. And that worked with the run game. It helped Ramondre Stevenson. The problem with that is they hadn't practiced any play action protections for those types of run play. So Matt Patricia didn't have a passing game to complement the rushing game. So play action just didn't work. They didn't have play action plays without getting Mac Jones killed. And so I understand that Mac Bill Belichick is upset with Mac Jones for how he reacted and rightfully so, but I don't think that's going to be the end of their relationship. Is it easier to believe last year was Matt Patricia's fault or Mac Jones? I believe it was Matt Patricia's. I believe it was mostly Matt Patricia's as well. Now we do have to put some blame on Mac Jones. He didn't live up to his rookie season hype. But what happens when you're flustered? What happens when you're under pressure? You start scrambling. You start carrying that with you. And so Mac Jones, we saw it consistently. He was either throwing it deep, surprisingly enough, or he was checking it down. Those were the two things. It was either huck it deep, hope someone makes a play, or check down Ramondre Stevenson, check down Jacoby Myers. And that was it. Now with an actual cohesive offense. And remember, they hired Bill O'Brien. They hired the Alabama offensive coordinator. Now, he didn't work with Mac Jones. He joined their Crimson Tide the year after Mac Jones. But they hired an offensive coordinator that is tailor-made to the skill set of Mac Jones. Bill O'Brien designed a pretty great offense with Tom Brady. He knows how to take advantage of these accurate quarterbacks, these good processing, quick read quarterbacks. 
So yeah, I'm sure Mac Patricia caused Mac Jones a lot of frustration, which caused Bill Belichick a lot of frustration. But do you really think after all this time, now we're going to start getting leaks from the Patriots organization? How long have we been doing this where it is just silent? Nothing comes out of the Patriots. Now, all of a sudden, this is the year that we're getting all these leaks and it's because of Mac Jones. I don't buy it. I think this is just people talking for the sake of talking. Mac Jones is going to be the QB one for the New England Patriots. If he bottoms out, then they'll talk about moving on. But for now, Mac Jones is QB one. I know the Raiders, the Bucks, the Texans, the Commanders are supposed to be in on Mac Jones, but not happening. Absolutely not happening. Connor, hope you're well as well. JSN to the Patriots at pick 14. Would love to see it. Would love to see a wide receiver, but that is also where receivers go to die. Now, I don't think that's actually a curse. I just think the Patriots might draft an offensive tackle instead. I just, I don't know if they'll draft a receiver. Would love it. Jackson Smith and Jigba would be the wide receiver one would force Judy to play outside a little bit more or they could play off each other. But I don't know if J- I don't know if JSN is the fit for, for new England based on what they have. They need speed. They need ah, Jackson Smith and Jigba is a, a fit for everyone. Who am I kidding? But they, they got to get someone other than Devonte Parker. I know they have Tyquan Thornton, but they they've got some moves to make and the Raiders have some moves to make as well. So, I don't know if you heard, Brian Hoyer, career backup across the NFL, had some starting seasons for the Cleveland Browns. I think he started for the 49ers during the Jim Tonsula era. I could be wrong about that as well, but Brian Hoyer, career backup. That's what he is. So, he goes from the New England Patriots. His contract is up. Or no, he got released. He got released by the New England Patriots because Bailey Zappi beat him out. Bailey Zappi is now quarterback too. And he is quarterback too. Bailey Zappi is not a threat to Mac Jones as much as New England media likes to pretend it is. It's not happening. This is Mac Jones' team. But Brian Hoyer, he goes from QB2 to QB3 to cut. And now he signs a two-year contract with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I love Luke Sawhook. But Luke comes out here saying that, wow, this uh, I believe that this actually impacts this impacts Anthony Richardson. Signing Brian Hoyer, this is actually a bad thing for Anthony Richardson, or not bad thing for Anthony Richardson, but this, you get what I'm saying here. I'm already wish-casting. I've already just accepted in my mind that Anthony Richardson is a Las Vegas Raider. So this is bad news for the Raiders drafting a quarterback, signing Brian Hoyer. I don't agree with that at all. Brian Hoyer is a career backup. Brian Hoyer is no threat to anyone. In fact, this, this tells me it's even more likely. Because what did the Packers do with Jordan Love? I know they were grooming him. They were letting him run. They were letting him build his way up. He wasn't active on game days. He was QB3 behind Tim Boyle. What just happened with the New England Patriots? Brian Hoyer was QB2. Bailey Zappi was QB3 until he beat out Brian Hoyer, and then he was cut. So, given the fact that if the Raiders are trading up to three, like I expect them to, if they're drafting Anthony Richardson, or if they throw a curveball and instead they draft Will Levis. Either way, 
not a quarterback you want to start right away. The Raiders, the last thing Josh McDaniels wants is to draft a project quarterback, one that's going to save his job for a couple more years, one that's going to extend because he can point and say, look, look, I've got the, I've got the quarterback. It's fine. You just got to give me time to develop him. Just give me time. No. If Anthony Richardson is forced in week six to start a game because Jimmy G gets hurt, Josh McDaniels is going to look pretty bad. So that's why they get Brian Hoyer. They know what they're getting in Brian Hoyer. They know it's going to be bad, but it's an acceptable level of bad. If Anthony Richardson, if Will Levis is forced onto the field too early, it's Josh McDaniels job on the line. And Josh McDaniels doesn't want to lose his job. So that's why. No, Luke, I apologize for calling you out by name, but we're friends. No, they are not not drafting a quarterback because they signed Brian Hoyer. This is not the case at all. Well, 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 if it isn't Aaron Stewart, make sure after this show, you check out Mock Draft Live. I will be going up live against Aaron Stewart. Maddie Kiwoom may or may not drop by as well. But speaking of dropping by, I have a special friend here tonight on the show. The one, the only, Emerson Beery. Emerson, welcome to the show. What a pleasure. What an honor to have you on. It is a pleasure being here, my friend. My new co-worker, Jack Cavanaugh, the best mustache in the business. I am happy to be here, my friend. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you are so welcome. I will plug my headphones in. I don't know how bad that uh, echo was there. Hopefully not, but pleasure to have you on. So Emerson, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone now that you're part of Player Profiler? I'm sure everyone's already read your articles, but now they get to see the face behind the words. Yes, my name's Emerson Beer. You know, I got into uh, fantasy football, you know, at least con- I've been playing fantasy football for years and years, but I jumped into the social media game a year ago, jumped into fantasy football content creation, been working for Sports Gambling Podcast Network, t- um, the Right Way Sports Network, uh, started off at Fantasy Football Faceoff, but I just recently, my most excited one, most, I'm most excited about starting off a player profiler. I've been a huge, I, I got to say, I'm a Matt Kelly fanboy, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your success as well, but you know, Matt Kelly is somebody I've looked up to for a long time. I love like the the boisterous, outgoing personality that he brings. So he's someone I've looked up to for a long time. So I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to have you on as well. And you've been doing a lot of rookie content lately, or at least I've been reading a lot of your rookie content on other sites, looking at your rankings, talking about the, the wide receivers, because we've got a lot of wide receiver news at the rookie position. The Cowboys, the Cowboys are hosting everyone. They've already had Zay Flowers. They had Jalen Hyatt earlier today. Quentin Johnston's going to come in. Josh Downs is going to come in. Jonathan Mingo's going to come in. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys adding a wide receiver? Are you here for it? Are you not? And will that impact your ranking of them if anyone goes to the Cowboys? You know, I would be really excited about the future of a wide receiver going to the uh, the Cowboys in that late first round pick. You know, candidates could potentially be Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt, some of those guys that we talked about uh, getting visits for him there. So, you know, all those guys, I think, could step into a large role in the future. You know, I'd be really excited about their 2024 outlook just due to the fact that I expect them to be a run first offense again. You have C.D. Lamb being a target hog on one side. Brandon Cooks is going to probably, you know, the games that he plays, the games that he's healthy, I expect him to be the second target in the offense. So it might not be immediate success for these players, but it's a terrific landing spot and someone I, I love for dynasty purposes especially. And it just kills Jalen Tolbert all, all together. The fact oh. they're, they're looking already for a wide receiver this desperately for a wide receiver. 
not good for Tolbert, right? And not good for Michael Gallup either, I don't think. No, no. You know, I, I actually, in the underdog, you know, best ball tournaments that go going on already, you know, I was drafting a lot of Michael Gallup last month, but I'm very disappointed with the signing of Brandon Cooks, obviously, for those purposes. And then there are could add another receiver in the draft as well. So Michael Gallup is someone that I'm fading back right now. Jalen Tolbert, another player I was just counting on. I drafted a ton in underdog best ball last year. It let me down again. So, yes, disaster news for those guys, especially, you know, the, the Cooks news wasn't good already. And now we're adding and we're talking about adding another rookie. So that's a problem. <laughs> Thomas, we will let our account manager on Facebook know. We will let, uh, get that to them. However, we got to talk about these rookie wide receivers. There is It's not just the Cowboys either because Jordan Addison, he visits the Patriots. We had a question earlier, Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Patriots. How would we feel about that? Are we in on the Patriots as a landing spot? Because in f- terms of fantasy, I don't love it. In terms of Mac Jones and this Patriots offense, which you don't believe the rumors that Mac Jones is getting shipped off, do you? I just don't I just don't see where where he would have a trade market. Like who's who's going to who's buying Mac Jones right now after last season? I just don't see where he's a significant step forward for many of the quarterbacks in the NFL currently right now. And if they are, you know, those those a lot of those teams do have early first round picks that they could end up investing in in a uh, in a quarterback. So Mac Jones isn't someone that I'm very excited about. Now, yeah, I just don't see a trade market for him personally. So the New England offense is not yet. Yeah, it's you know, the only players that get me excited about potentially going to the New England offense are Jackson Smith and Jigma and Quentin Johnston, just because those players can command a significantly high target share, be a wide receiver one in an NFL offense. So I don't necessarily hate the New England offense for players like that who could command a high target share for Mac Jones, just get their own target volume. Don't love it for players like uh, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, who might be a more complimentary piece. So you think Quentin Johnson, you think he's a true blue alpha? You, you're not scared off by the 4-5 at his, four, his pro day? Moving down to 4-5-5 in terms of player profile? That doesn't scare you off? It, you know, it, it's not great, but, you know, we haven't seen those athletic numbers really translate to wide receiver success really in the NFL. Um, Quentin Johnston, you know, he does offer a different profile. He And unlike, you know, not everybody can be Devonte Smith. That's what everybody's favorite comparison to when they're talking about those shorter wide receivers like Jordan Addison, those smaller wide receiver prospects. Not everybody can be that. Devonte Smith is amazing. They have to Jordan Addison, you know, with his first percentile size adjusted athletic score, he has a lot to overcome. You know, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, those guys have a lot to overcome. You know, not to say that one of the two of those guys might not be successful for fantasy purposes, but Quentin Johnson has all those tools you're looking for. His speed, while you know not elite, perfectly acceptable within with with you know. It's not not a concern for me, really, I should say. So Quentin Johnston, you know, somebody I could see being the first wide receiver taken in the draft, somebody who I'm comfortable ranking as my wide receiver, too, in rookie drafts. It's just the Twitter hype. You know, people start talking, mm-hmm. oh, Quentin Johnston, he's going to he he might flirt with four three. You know, he's he's going to be low four mm-hmm. fours. OK, if he was, that would have been great. But that's not really the player he ever was. He was he's a clasher on the outside. He's a Michael Gallup type. And that's OK. That's his style, and those types of players, like a Michael Thomas, like a I, I all these players, it doesn't matter. The four or five is totally acceptable when you're that size. I know Aaron probably gonna argue with me that about that later on on mock draft live, but I'm fine with Quentin Johnston. I'm fine with most of this class. I think this is a perfectly fine class. It doesn't have the high end depth, but mm-hmm. the top end's good. And there's going to be a lot of NFL players, even if there's not going to be a ton of fantasy contributors, at least I think. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I think a lot of this class is better for NFL purposes than it is for fantasy purposes. Personally, you know, I think Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers are excellent. Could, you know, have excellent NFL futures potentially down the line. Just the, kind of their size concerns, maybe potentially they're a little bit, you know, boom or bust for fantasy purposes. It might be tough to know when to start them. I'm not saying any of them can't do that, but like I said, they have a lot to overcome with these size concerns. You know, I know it's a different changing NFL, but like I said, not everybody can beat compared to Devontae Smith. Not not everyone can be Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is just too perfect. The size mm-hmm. doesn't matter at all for yeah. him. True, he's a, he's a true alpha, even despite his size. Moving on to the quarterbacks, though, and we do have a question. He uh, saw my Jack saw my tweet while on air. I don't know what tweet that was, but I must be fighting with him. Well, we are fighting later on. Anyways, uh, what's your thought on Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell QB situation in Washington? Do you think they're a team that's going to take a quarterback, or are you with me that they're all going to be well gone before Washington's available? Yeah, I, I think they'll be well gone before Washington's available. The, you know, you could potentially see, you know, we saw last year what we know about what the NFL teams are thinking. We saw Matt, Malik Willis. We saw all Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, all just completely fall in the draft. We None of us were expecting them to, t- to fall as far as they did. So we really don't know what's going to happen. As of now, yes, I would say that I expect all of them to be gone. Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Ark, the candidates to potentially fall a little bit further in the draft. Um Hendon Hooker, not someone you expect to take them in the middle of the first round. However, there's a chance, there's an outside chance Anthony Richardson or Will Levis could uh, potentially be available there. I, I, you know, I could, I haven't looked at their roster and their kind of potential draft capital to trade up. Washington, you know, could potentially trade up in the draft as well. However, I'm not expecting that. I haven't read that in AT leaves or anything like that. So I, I think it will probably be the Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. So this year, I think they'll start with Sam Howell. He'll have a short leash though. If he's if he do, fails to have success in that offense with some talented skill players, Jacoby Brissett was, I believe, number seven in total QBR last year. I'm number eight, one of those, some somewhere right in there. He and he's he's just the best backup quarterback in mm-hmm. the NFL. He deserves to start somewhere, and if it's in Washington, great. The more the merrier, because we deserve starting quarterbacks. And people talk about how this isn't a great quarterback class. These aren't great prospects because there's just so much risk. Bryce Young, he's too small. Anthony Richardson, too much of a prospect. Will Levis, too much of a prospect. I think we're getting at least four starters, if not five, because I think Hendon Hooker probably going to be a starter at some point in his NFL career. Very well could be a day one draft pick. So I think even though we don't have a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, it's still a great quarterback class. Because How often do you get five NFL starters from one class? Yeah, and of course, you know, there's five potential starting quarterbacks in this class. And that, you know, that is more than average. So, you know, it's a solid quarterback class. I just think people are disappointed because people were expecting some of those higher end outcomes. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud don't have that rushing ability. So, you know, they have to have really high passing outcomes to kind of be a top six, top eight quarterback. Not really perennial difference makers in one quarterback formats, I don't think. But, you know, in Superflex Leagues, this is a fantastic draft. And, you know, Anthony Richardson is my, you know, we might dive into it, but Anthony Richardson is actually my quarterback one in one quarterback formats. And just in one quarterback formats, just for that upside sake, just because I don't see Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud as difference makers in that format. See, I, I, I can get behind that because in the one quarterback format, you need the rushing upside. But in Superflex, you cannot afford to miss on a quarterback. It's too risky. There's too yeah, much exactly. to go around. So, Anthony Richardson, he's your QB one in Superflex. Where is he in? Uh, no, sorry, one in re- and one QB. Where is he in Superflex for you? He's my quarterback three by a close margin 
in, in super flex leagues. I have him as my fourth pick. You know, I would go three quarterbacks in a row after Bijan Robinson. So he's right there draft. If, if he goes in the top five, I could see him passing Bryce Young in my rankings just because I have a lot of concerns about Bryce Young personally. But, you know, Anthony Richardson, I have to wait and see on that draft capital right now. He, he you know, the floor is bottomless for him. You know what I mean? He, you know, he doesn't have a floor, really. You know, you could see him playing another position or out of the NFL in a few years. But he does have that top five quarterback upside, most athletic quarterback to ever test at the NFL combine. And Will Levis, he's not as athletic, but he does have that mm-hmm. kind of Konami code upside as well. So it's going to be a fun class. We really deserve it. Real quick, where do you have these guys going? Is, is it locked in? That CJ Stroud is going to be a Tampa, or not Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Is CJ Stroud going to be a Carolina Panther? I don't think it's locked in. You know, I see I see enough uh, chatter about Bryce Young where I don't think it's locked in. That's how I have it personally. CJ Stroud going first overall. Bryce Young going to the Houston Texans. I could see that shaking up though. You know, if Anthony Richardson went, you know, that would be actually I would that would be a disaster for Anthony Richardson if he was there to sneak into like Houston at number two, I think, just because asking him to lift that Houston offense with no pass catchers or anything like that. Sliding back is actually a little bit better for Anthony Richardson. Best thing might be actually taking a seat for one year behind Geno Smith or Jared Goff. However, the Raiders are a little bit more attractive. Washington a little bit later on with Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, somebody who could elevate Anthony Richardson's game while he develops as a passer. Yeah, I think for the Texans to take Anthony Richardson, they would have had to sign a bridge quarterback. Davis Mills Mm -hmm. is bad enough that there's going to be calls to bench him during the season for Anthony Richardson. If he goes to the Raiders, there won't be those calls. It'll be, nope, we're sticking with Mm -hmm. Jimmy G. This is Jimmy G's team. Then next year, they can look at starting Anthony Richardson. Mm -hmm. That's where I have him going. I also think that the Seahawks and the Lions perfect fit for Anthony Richardson because even if they miss even if Anthony Richardson is a bust it doesn't matter they're not going to miss a beat they can afford to miss on an Anthony Richardson and so where do you have Will Levis going do you still think he is a top 10 quarterback when things are all said and done in the mock in the mock I just did I have him going to the Raiders I have Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. I have Will Levis sliding into the Raiders, another guy who can who, who would, you know, could use a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo. He is an older quarterback prospect, but Will Levis, you know, he could, you know, I, I compare him to Zach Wilson, you know, where I, you know, he ha- can make every throw, very athletic, probably a little bit more mobility, stronger frame than Zach Wilson. So, you know, maybe a little bit more dual threat capability than Zach Wilson did. But just that kind of wide range of outcomes that we saw with Zach Wilson a few years ago could, you know, you see he has a higher ceiling than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, for fantasy purposes. But the floor is obviously a lot lower. He's my number six pick in dynasty drafts right now, right behind Jackson Smith and Ajigba. Um, I would he you know, I would take four quarterbacks in my top uh, six picks, Bijan Robinson, Jackson Smith and Ajigba, and he would slide in right at number six. Um, you you saved yourself because I was getting real real worried when you said that Will Levis Zach Wilson comparison. That's something I harp on, but you qualified it with all the things you needed to qualify it with. <laughs> that Will Levis is bigger and stronger. You added the fact that they're different guys, different players. So that that, that was my worry. Just just the wide range of outcomes, exactly. I guess I should say. That's nope. that's what makes me reminds me of them. Exactly. You you completely saved it. I, you, you had me in the first half worried you saved it. And that is a correct take on Will Levis. Cause I'm I, I've become a Will Levis champion just because mm-hmm. the slander has been so aggressive. It's like, Hey, be, be nice. This, this guy doesn't deserve it, but yeah, he, I mean, he, he's strong. He's strong. He's physically he kind of, he's a slightly smaller version of Josh Allen, just running over people, trucking people. I love it. Just, he was hurt last year. We didn't get the chance to see it. 
And speaking of slightly smaller, last thing I want to ask you on, you had a recent article, studs and duds, but it's not what you would think because it's not this guy is good, this guy is bad. And it's about two smaller guys. It's about Devontae Smith, how we, we have highlighted throughout the show, who's a stud, smaller guy, and then Deontay Johnson, who is a smaller guy, but playing X receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was just getting ready to say, I was just laughing because I always approach this, I think, from a different perspective than Seth Diewald's, you know, expecting me from I. So, yes, I, I, I wanted, I saw two players that are actually fairly good in comparison, in my opinion, Deontay Johnson and Devontae Smith. And that was my reasoning for comparing these two. And I was, you know, I was highlighting the studs and duds aspect from the season that they had last year, where Deontay Johnson was sixth in targets, but he failed you know, he, he was, I believe, wide receiver 30 in PPR leagues. So he was a dud while Devontae Smith had a stud season. And I, you know, I believe Deontay, you know, I believe Devontae Smith is going to have a terrific season, of course, you know, playing with the Philadelphia Eagles. But I was actually highlighting why I believe Deontay Johnson is a huge comeback player this year. One of my favorite targets in underdog drafts. He's going as the wide receiver 38. I mean, he was sixth in targets last year. Wide receiver four and underdog right now. That's silly in my opinion. Yeah, that. That, I, don't, I don't know. So where, where do you have Deontay Johnson ranked personally? I I just did my recent rankings. You know, I don't have it super right in front of me, but I believe I had him as my wide receiver 24, 20, wide receiver 24, 25. So significantly ahead of where he's going right now in drafts. 